hosts, Ernell Pearson, and I am here along with two lovely gentlemen, uh, Devin Stanford and our boy Island Style from Twitch.tv. How y'all doing, boys? How y'all doing? Doing good, man. How's it cracking over there? Oh, you know. <laughs> it's, it's popping <laughs> off, dog. It's popping out here. It's popping out here. Island, how you doing today, man? Feeling great, man. Feeling great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, y'all. I know we're all we're all thirsty out here today. I got my I got my Zoa again because it's way early in the day. Hey, hey, which one did you get? The the orange. I got the zero the zero sugar the zero sugar wild orange. I've literally turned on so many people to this. Oh, it's dude, so good. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've all been right. telling people to go get that stuff, man. <laughs> I stopped yeah, getting other energy drinks because of it. Like it, mm-hmm, yeah. other energy drinks now just taste like way too like artificial. All right, I'm gonna like order a case of, right now. Yep. Do it. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are, baby. <laughs> let's go. Let's go, dog. Let's go. Yeah, man. I'm excited or to have. To... Sorry, go to GNC. GNC uh, carries oh. them. You can go buy like a single can to try it out. Okay. Ooh, okay. okay. I'll do that okay. instead before I yeah, order a pack. Buy a case for sure because we want to promote. But like, mm-hmm. try out a couple different flavors. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, for for sure. That's exactly what we want to do. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right, um, all right. What should I order right now? <laughs> Ooh, that's flavor? tough i've i've tried two flavors so far i tried the wild the, orange is cracking oh orange because i tried i tried the cracking. original and i've got the pineapple right now don't they have like a blueberry one too they do they do i that i would like say go with the original one just to like get yeah. yourself started that's that's what i would say and that's the wild orange yeah no uh, there's no, like a, no, original flavor mm-hmm. which okay. what is original flavor it it kind of it kind of tastes like a cross between like red bull and uh and like rockstar like together oh, okay um but like way less sweet so it's like mm. not quite as like forefront and in your mind you know what i mean but yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne johnson out here like killing it Man, give, giving us it. the good stuff, dude. Because this, this drink has been changing my life for the past like month that I've been drinking on every single day, basically. So <laughs> it's a, kind of replacing my cups of coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of going into summertime. I don't want to drink nearly as much coffee as I usually do because, you know, mm. I'm overweight and it's hot out and I already sweat enough as it is. So I'm not trying to drink hot, hot oh. drinks all day long, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Island, my dude. What is new since the last time you were on, man? Oh man, what is new? Uh Outriders came out. It was fun. We'll be talking about that later today. This uh really exciting. Got mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um shout outs to Square Enix for for supporting the homie. With that, uh let's see what else is going. I mean, just kind of vibing. My wife and I have been painting new uh painting rooms in our house. Our house looks like a mess right now, but we've been uh, you know, taking on little little projects here and there. Um, yeah good 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 good. how how long have you guys been staying at your house for how long have you guys had your house we moved into our home end of september so uh we were like covid was just kicking our ass and we were like why are we living in an apartment in downtown seattle when we could just (laughs) buy a house like we're not going out anywhere why would we need to be around anyone so we bought a house actually like 10 minutes for my parents so it's been oh, nice. Okay, okay. That's way convenient then, dude. I'm sure I'm sure the, the parents are pretty happy that you didn't move too far away too, because I know those they show up unannounced so often. 
Yeah. Hey, you guys got a grill? Let's barbecue. All right, cool. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my mom never leaves me the fuck alone. That's for damn sure. Because <laughs> like, I, cause I had this apartment uh, like a year ago, and she would just like always be calling me like, hey, when are you going to show me your apartment? When are you going to show me your apartment? It took <laughs> one time, one time for her to know where I lived, and then she wouldn't stop coming <laughs> over. <laughs> ever. Ever. It was great, man. But, but you know... Our parents love us. They care about us. You know, they, oh, they, yeah. just, they just want to make sure oh, that yeah. we're, we're living good and our house is clean and that everything they taught us our entire lives is just going off to the wayside, you know? But, <laughs> <laughs> but we're real. not talking about parents today. We are talking about a lot of stuff, including Sonny giving us something we don't actually want, a woman of color reaching her final form, and Outriders giving everyone a reason to live, because this is the Good Kraken Podcast, a show for marginalized people, giving you every Tuesday and Saturday at 7pm and 1pm, respectively, uh, the nerdy video game news and uh, media news that you want to hear. Um, if you like that, please subscribe to us. Um, on Twitch, uh, subscribe to Island, our guest here. We always want to try to support Twitch streamers as much as we possibly can. Um, check out our YouTube, check out our podcast, check out our Twitters, all that good stuff. We have links in the About Me section of our Twitch channel. Uh, click all those links, support it, absolutely. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get a URL, and we can't do that until we've had 100 subscribers. So please go in there. Fuck that up for us. That'd be awesome. We're trying to we're trying to make some big moves out here. So, um, kind of going into some uh, some planner stuff here. Um, Tuesday, uh, we are announcing our newest full time addition to the Good Kraken Podcast. Uh, we have a homeboy that's coming in and working on some production stuff for us. It's gonna be a great time. Please stop in, hang out with us. We're gonna be doing news and like movie talking stuff as per usual on Tuesday. Uh, next Saturday, we have uh, maybe one or two guests that I'm working with right now to try to get onto the show to talk a little bit about being women of color in the gaming space. Uh, so it's going to be a really, really great show next Saturday. Next Thursday, we're going to be doing another Outrider stream to kind of get some uh, get some more push out there, have some fun. Our last Outriders giveaway that we did on Thursday night had a really great turnout. A lot of people seem to enjoy our gameplay of the game. Uh, so we're wanting to kind of get out there and push this game a little bit more. So Square Enix, you are welcome, my friends. Uh, boys, let's talk about some new stuff here. So we have... Um, Three new segments today, and we're going to start off here talking a little bit about the um, interesting article that Jason Schreier put out, kind of detailing a lot of uh, really interesting topics uh, that I think a lot of people didn't quite think about, and some news that a lot of people just didn't flat out know about. So this is uh, The Last of Us remake coming for PS5, but at a cost to PlayStation morale. This comes from Owen Good at Polygon. Uh, this is a little bit of a lengthy thing, so buckle your seatbelt, guys. We're, we're going in here. So just give me a second. We'll read it off. We'll discuss after. Uh, fans will be happy to hear The Last of Us is getting a remake for PlayStation 5, but some developers inside Sony aren't happy with how that came together or what it means for PlayStation's vaunted first-party development going forward, according to a report Friday morning from Bloomberg. The account by Bloomberg's Jason Schreier describes how Sony's Visual Arts Service Group, a support-oriented studio located in San Diego, took on a PS5 remake for 2014's The Last of Us with approval, but not without much support from above, then saw it handed over to original developer Naughty Dog. The Visual Arts Service Group was then relegated to a support role as well as assigned to help Naughty Dog complete the delayed Last of Us Part 2 that launched last summer for PlayStation 4. As a result, 
The group's founder left Sony altogether, Bloomberg reports. Polygon has reached out to a PlayStation representative for additional comment. The company declined to comment on Bloomberg's report, which does not say when The Last of Us's PlayStation 5 remake is expected. Friday's report describes a senior leadership at PlayStation obsessed with big hits, critically as well as commercially. For example, Bloomberg says Sony Bend Studios' pitch for a sequel to 2019's Days Gone was rejected, and part of the studio was told to assist Naughty Dog on two other projects, one of them a new Uncharted game. The Oregon studio is now working on a new game of its own, Bloomberg says. Naughty Dog has been a Sony-owned studio for nearly 20 years, helming two franchises, Uncharted and The Last of Us, that generated multiple award-winning titles as well as television and cinematic adaptations in one light uh deference to a proven hit maker especially where its own ip is concerned is reasonable but bloomberg's story notes that the visual arts service group took the initiative to develop the last of us ps5 remake but only got provisional approval to continue with it and no budget to hire more developers to make it the report comes on the heels of a major shift at Sony's development arm in Japan. In February, Sony Interactive Entertainment reorganizes Japan Studios team, effectively doing away with the developer and talent behind smaller, more experimental PlayStation games like Ape Escape, Knack, Gravity Rush, and Loco Roco. What remains is Team Asobi, the developer behind the Astrobot series, including the built-in PS5 showcase Astro's Playroom. That move signaled a shift from more modestly-sized games developed in Sony's home territory to blockbuster Western franchises like God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon, and The Last of Us. So, it's obviously a little bit lengthy. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I don't know if one of you guys have any initial thoughts kind of going into this. Like I said, it's a lot. So I, I totally understand if it takes a second for you guys to sort of formulate something uh, to kind of like kick it off a little bit. I do want to say that uh, this kind of sucks in a weird way, man. Like play, like mm -hmm. PlayStation making some very uh, like not developer friendly moves um, and, and kind of shooting themselves in the foot just a little bit, which I, I totally get the reasoning behind it. Cause they're a business. Sony is a business. They have to make business decisions. And I totally, 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 totally understand that. Um, but it goes to beg the conversation of whether or not these businesses have to make big business decisions at the cost of the people that are getting them that business in the first place. Do either of you have some place you want to start with that or. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, however we want to take this um i think there's like there like you said there's a lot to unpack here and let me just make sure i'm paraphrasing the 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 basis of this is that a a group within sony under under sony's umbrella decided that they wanted to create this ps5 remake of last of us um they did it without a lot of support and then by the like they got midway through they finished it and they got told to do other stuff am i just making sure i'm I'm going through this and hearing it correctly. Yeah, essentially, so the 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 studio that was originally um, directed to take on this remake um, basically just had it snatched from underneath their feet, and it was given over to Naughty Dog to do instead. And this company mm. was uh, the this developer team was was sort of um, given this direction because they were supposed to be the focus of working on remakes for the PS5 console. And so it's mm. interesting and it kind of like begs the conversation of whether or not PlayStation is sort of picking favorites, quote unquote, with the uh, with the bigger developer teams like, like Naughty Dog, Dog that that are being the main cases of making them a lot of money. And so mm -hmm. God, yeah. I mean, OK, so my my 
to be fair and a little bit of history, my background before I was a full-time streamer is I was a management strategy consultant. I literally dealt with, uh, with organization of businesses that, and, um, making sure that they were focused on, you know, their marketing plays, et cetera. It sucks. Cause you're right. In the, in the end, if you're looking at it, this from a business perspective, what's the bottom line? Last of us is probably one of the highest grossing video games in, in recent history. Um, it makes sense that you're going to put a lot of effort behind that. It makes sense. You're going to put a lot of effort behind uncharted games when they've been incredible. The problem is ape escape gravity. Those are some big, those are some fun titles that they're cult, cult followings that yeah. you culture. Like if, are we in the space to just create revenue? Or are we in the space to encourage gamer culture and indies? I recently, like I used to be a huge AAA ho to for lack of a better term like i love triple a titles i didn't play indies i didn't try anything outside the box and uh there is so many games that are just so good that are don't have that triple a pol- like not that it's, they, they have the triple a polish but they're just not that style like they're not big grand uh 45 hour campaigns with a huge multiplayer whatever they're like it, they're stories you know video games are about stories they're about experiences they're about like all these things. And so deciding to throw your weight behind, we're just going to only produce these huge um, blockbuster games. That sucks. That, I mean, it's, it's a shift away from, you know, a gaming culture that allows for many different pockets of, of fandoms and of, and of dis- and, and friendships built on smaller games and things like that. So that's my initial thought. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Devin, do, do you have anything on that or? Yeah, actually, you know, it's, it's, really disappointing to see him go this route and they've kind of been doing it i think over the last year you've definitely seen the shift of how they've just been wanting to generate revenue out of their product and it hasn't been as art focused as they usually have been like sony used to be a huge proponent of indie developers they you know used to come out with thousands and thousands of different games every year and and publish them and make them available to everybody Mm -hmm. and it's really disappointing to see them even not let them do a sequel to days gone as well like yeah. I, I i like that game personally i thought it was a fun game it was a good game it, it's not like it was some crazy out there blockbuster experience but it was good and i supported it because it was a local studio to our home state as well yep. so yep. it's it's you know i like uncharted i like the last of us but I want to see more art that people are really passionate about instead of being forced to work on a said project. Right. And, and I definitely, I definitely agree. I'm, I'm kind of in the spot where I'm like, were any of us asking for a last of us remake? I don't think any of us were asking for that. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe a port, like remaking the whole thing. I like, to be fair, I actually haven't played last of us. I played a little bit of it, but I haven't like played through it. And on as someone who just got a PS five, didn't have a PS four, I'm like I'm kind of excited to play it for the first time and you know utilize the graphics. But for you sure, know, for you sure. Talk about look at look at companies like Nintendo who is porting their games, but also inc- like Nintendo has been encouraging indies all, like in the last five ten years. Oh, yeah, the oh, amount yeah. of indies that they like they do they do whole showcases on just indie games on mm-hmm. their platform and um, allowing studios to create. You may have different feelings about Nintendo as a company and you know the way that they protect their IPs and things like that, but you know they're they're showcasing why they're still a power like they're still a, a huge power it's not just sony xbox like people mm-hmm. play i know people play their switches more than they play their other consoles now oh, just yeah. because of 
you know, some the game, like the, the quality and the quantity of games they have. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, there's also Idea Xbox. They've been doing a huge push on indie mm-hmm. titles too. Yeah. I mean, we just had a showcase what two weeks ago, and they did over sixty games on that showcase, all mm-hmm. brand new. Too. It was awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like a like a port, I can definitely understand because like a port, you know, it's it's for people like you, Kai, who have a new console that want to get a chance to experience the original mm-hmm. game. But if they're talking like a remake, it's like. You know how, how right? Like they're they're investing a lot of money into into something that I, I that I just don't feel like people were needing right away. Although on the other hand, too, I also understand like the um the necessary like move for them for them to make a remake for Last of Us One to potentially package with a ps5 uh like re-release of of the last of us part two so that they can do sort of like a double header with those those two games and so again business decisions are business decisions but it's like can we like also talk about how last of us came out in 2014 it's almost been 10 years since that game came out can you like that feels weird (laughs) like that kind of that that kind of does beg like at what point is doing a remake like has it been enough time before you remake something to try and recapture that. It's kind of like, for me, it's like, uh, I kind of liken it to, you know, remember the whole thing that happened in the movie theaters where like Avengers came out and they kept releasing it in theaters to try and take the number one spot from yeah, Avatar. Yeah. And they kept pushing it in the, they kept like, it came out of theaters and then they put it back in theaters just so they could claim the title. Mm-hmm. At what point are you just trying to milk a game for like <laughs> the nostalgia factor of it versus like, Hey, like this is actually something that a new generation or a new group of people can experience. Like some people I know, I I have a uh, there was a foreign exchange student my parents took in who Last of Us is his like diehard best favorite game of all time. I can see him enjoying this, but I don't know. People have kind of there's so many other titles out there, and you know, you sh- why would you continue to play the same game, especially a narrative based game that doesn't really have multiplayer? Yeah, it's, right. It's- well, the the first one did, but as far as I know, um, like they the focus for the last was part two, and like what they what I remember them saying going forward is that they're not going to be focusing on multiplayer nearly as much as they did when coming out with like uh those couple of uncharted games and the last of us one and so on and so forth. So I'm not exactly sure if they're like going to be pushing towards that again. Um, yeah, gotcha. You know, on that subject of Last of Us 2, with them doing a remake, they remastered it for PS4 as well. So yeah. it originally came out on PS3. They already remastered it and put it out on PS4. Now they're going to do now they're remake remaking it. it. Yeah. Yep. And so that yeah, that's it sounds like I mean. you're milking it hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so, that's so, that's what I mean. It's like that that decision seems so weird. And to make that decision based off of like like having to give up a potential like days gone too in order to like help fund something like this that I me personally wasn't really that interested in a remake this soon of The Last of Us mm-hmm. One. You know what I mean? I would have been like way down if like a year after the initial like uh like first year like of the life cycle for the PS5, then yeah, let's talk about like getting that PS5 upgrade for the Last of Us Part Two and then start doing like a double package with both games. But for me, it seems like a little excessive to do it this soon. And to be fair, you know how many people still don't have a PS5 right now? Like it's mm-hmm. you're you're kind of like cool, you're remaking this game, but like you know how many people are still struggling to just find one? It, it seems kind of to- it seems it seems kind of tone deaf when compared to like 
you know, when you look at your supply chains, like get your PS5s out first, then start remaking games like cult classic games. And mm-hmm. you also think about like what are other remakes or remasters lately that have like done well or deserve to be remade? Like right now, Diablo Two, the the new uh, they're re-releasing it basically. They yeah, yeah. remastered it, whatever. That game's been out for when is Diablo Diablo Two came out in like what 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. about twenty years ago. And so yeah. that makes sense. Like people, yeah. that is like, and also that is some people's. That was some people's introduction to gaming. That was their favorite game, like their favorite game they've ever played before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Remake that 20 years later, not seven right. for a relative, excuse me, relatively newer generation game, which, yes, it was. It's won many awards. It's it's a beautiful game. A lot of people love it. But I don't know. I'd rather see more work done on like on God of War, the new God of War, like Ragnarok or like, again, I and you're right. When we talked about how Sony used to be a center of, of art and they put out polish, like I don't know a lot of Sony games that came out that were not polished and looked beautiful oh, yeah. or like, well, like art direction was incredible. Like that was kind of Sony's staple calling card is that they were known for being an artistic studio. And now if they're starting to push towards um more just like these giant huge games that take years and years but then they're also just crunching developers to get there Mm. yeah no definitely agree it's 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 interesting to kind of think about like what this could potentially mean for like the future for for sony going forward and going into like what they could potentially have planned for the ps5 because it's strange and like me and devin devin were talking about this a, a few nights ago how like game pass is sort of like force playstation to make some really strange moves to try to like Mm -hmm. compete against them and i don't know if you guys saw like the announcement uh the other day or not necessarily announcement but sort of like a tease that uh that that playstation is is trying to tease out that they have like a counter to xbox's game pass that they're gonna try that they've been working on and so it's like that's exciting it is exciting, and that was why I was so excited about Game Pass, because with, with things like Game Pass and Microsoft making those decisions, it forces PlayStation, forces Sony to start making decisions like that, too. But it's weird that, like, between then, like, a Game Pass being announced and then up to now, PlayStation sort of, like, had this weird stumbling tactic where they're like oh we're gonna do one thing that is a great decision, and then we're gonna do another thing that is morally questionable at best. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and so there's 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 a lot of things. And don't get me wrong, like I love PlayStation. I love everything that they have to offer. I love all the games that they have. I love The Last of Us. I love that franchise so much. It's easily like one of my favorite franchises in video game history. But this just seems like a really strange, like just anti-developer move. And I can't like necessarily get behind moves like this where developers have to suffer. At, at the expense of a company just trying to make company decisions you know what i mean and so it's it's tough to see and i know that we're probably going to see like the ramifications of all this stuff probably a couple years down the line but damn it i kind of wanted a days gone too as well i wanted a yeah, reason a to did, finish yeah. days gone so it's like <laughs> i feel like i feel like this move is very like walmart corporate like related like it feels very corporatized in the sense where mm. like their bottom like they're the only thing they really care about in that particular thing is just making a big buck. Yeah. 
Yeah, unfortunately. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I know Xbox kind of kind of made some moves like that, too, with the oh, last, yeah. this last generation. And so it's like companies do company things. And I get mm-hmm. it. You know, like we all we all have to understand because these are the guys giving us the video games that you love to play. You know, the money has to come from somewhere. But I but it, it also like kind of harkens back to like some of these uh, developer companies and like publishing companies that have just been very like not treating their employees good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that and that sort of echoes into like the entirety of the hierarchy here when it comes from being just a company, working for a company, working for a company, working for a person, working for a company, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like it sucks that it like we're just seeing it from the forefront of like playing the games, but it's mm-hmm. this is so much deeper than that when it comes to like, cool, like we're not gonna get a Days Gone 2, we're gonna get a Last mm-hmm. of Us remake, but what does that mean for the people that are making these games? Are they gonna yeah. continue to have these potential opportunities that are just get taken away from them and then given to the development company that is making Sony a bunch of money? Like imagine mm-hmm. like uh who who are the guys that just did the uh the Dark Souls remake? Um, oh, say Blue it, Point? yeah, say Blue it was Point? Blue Point. They they also did a Halo Anniversary and Halo Two yeah, as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. And so these these guys are doing a really knock up job, obviously, of making remakes that are that are markedly wonderful, markedly mm-hmm. beloved. But imagine if like they like had a game that they had an opportunity to remake, and then the companies just say nope. We're going to give this to Corey Barlog and his team mm-hmm. at Sony Santa Monica so that they can remake it because they make us more money with God of War. You know what I mean? So there's these development yeah. teams that are just like having like I can, I can only imagine like as someone who who was an artist for a really long time, like working on something and being super proud of it and super proud to show people that. And then the person I work for just snatches it from under my feet and says, now nah, we're going to mm-hmm. give this to someone else to finish. We're sorry. I, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm not I'm not playing devil's advocate on this one. Just thinking of it from the other perspective of they didn't just take it and said, you're on your own. They like took it and they took the people that were working on it and put them on other projects. Right. You know, right they put right, them right, on right. like they're putting them on the next. Uh, what was it? The next Uncharted um, Uncharted and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And Naughty Dog is the one who created Last of Us. Correct. Right. Like, yes. Right. Yes. Again, yes. As someone who hasn't played it. So they're giving it they're giving the game back to its parent studio who made the game to remake it. It's not like they just took it and gave it to some like up and coming developer. Like, Oh, they've never done anything on this game. They gave it back to the people who made it originally. For sure. sure. It's a little different. And you know, there's part of this where we, you know, we literally said at the top, they, the, the, the visual art service group, which is known as a support oriented studio, did it without a lot of, uh, a lot of support without any, but like they they start they took on this project and it sounds like it was more like a passion of the, like they wanted to do something really cool. I get that from a business perspective and a manager's perspective. Why did you not get more buy in? Like it, it would be a different right, story right. if they got a, a bunch of buy in. Like oh yeah, we'd love for you to do this. We're gonna give you money, whatever. And then as they were finishing, it, they took it away from them and gave it to Naughty Dog. Like that would feel a little different. This yeah. they kind of took it on without a lot of oversight or a lot of uh, uh accept or like yes from above. And I'm not saying I don't have sympathy. Uh, I I do. I still think it's wrong that they got taken away from them. But it, there's a there's a, there's a business side of this where you're like, why didn't you have more buy-in on this, or why did you like, I why did the team think that it was better to go keep doing this when they didn't have the buy-in? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Devin, I, I saw you no. kind of look like you were about to pop in there for a second. Do you have something you wanted to add? Or oh no, 
No, uh, we got some uh, some friends in chat here. Just uh, saying hi to them real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. What's happening, yeah, guys? What's yeah. happening? What's happening, chat? I hope you guys are doing Hello. good today. Um, so let's go ahead. I, I think we kind of like kind of put the nails on on that coffin there. I feel like you know we're we're all on on, on an agreement that you know it, it's going to be interesting to see like the ramifications of of PlayStation making moves like this in the future. So it's like, and I mean, you know, what? if we get a Last of Us remake, I'm gonna play it. You know, Island, you're going to play it like I can't yeah. I can't be too mm -hmm. mad because it's like, hey, video games are video games. That's what I'm in this for. You know, I love I love video games so much. So it's like, all right, you know, fine, we'll we'll deal mm -hmm. with it. I just I just send my heart out to, to you know, developers that, you know, work hard and stuff. And I just want to try to look out for them as much as we possibly can, you know, so um, kind of going into the second story here. Uh, Island, I, I know that this is something that you were super stoked about. Yes. I want to give you a chance to read this off. So this is Valkyrie becomes co-owner of 100 Thieves Esports alongside Courage. This comes from Joseph Noop at IGN. Uh, Island, go ahead and take it off from there, man. Yeah, if you guys haven't been on Twitter in the last two or three days, seeing everyone congratulating Valkyrie and uh, Courage, um, incredible content creators, congratulations to them. Um, the article uh, kind of reads like this. Uh, Streamer Rachel Valkyrie Hofstetter has become a new co-owner of the esports gaming organization 100 Thieves alongside fellow new co-owner Jack Courage Dunlop. Uh, the group announced Wednesday. Her announcement tweet read as such. Happy to announce that I am officially a co-owner of 100 Thieves. It's been almost three years since I joined the team, and I would never have expected this path to lead to this. I'm proud to be one of the first women co-owners in esports and beyond. Excited for our future together. Uh, looking back, it just feels like it's been such a long journey, Hofstetter said in a video put out by 100 Thieves. And now being not just a co-owner, but a female co-owner, like, how did this even happen? It just feels like everything has played out so unbelievably well. I feel very lucky and very fortunate to be in this position. I'm also very grateful because I feel I can do be a very good role model, not just to our community, but to females as well. Hofstetter joined 100 Thieves as its first female content creator in 2018, following her rising popularity as a YouTube and Twitch creator. Valkyrie was also the recipient of the 2020 Gamer Awards Content Creator of the Year Award. Um, this is huge news and awesome great news this is um i was so when i saw that this in our in our in our show notes i was so excited to talk about this beyond being a woman she's a woman of color um she is it is so hard to not like valkyrie um she is uh incredibly kind she is there for fans she is um just a, a light in the streaming world um, and someone that we sh that I look up to personally, to be real honest. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, you guys, I, I want to leave time for people to chime in because I literally could talk about this for a while. I mean, mm -hmm. to be fair, like she's from Moses Lake, Washington. Like she's she's a kind of a hometown hero almost here in, in, up in Washington. Mm -hmm. She's, um, you know, I'm, I was lucky enough to meet her in 2019 at TwitchCon. And um, sometimes when you meet people from online, you wonder what they're going to be like. And she is just the kindest person I've ever met. I have a really cool story, but I'll talk, get into it later. Uh, what do you guys think about all dude, this? I, I am as, as a, you know, a Brown dude, I'm like super pumped to see women of color getting into their mm -hmm. final form, you know, having, having <laughs> these, these, these women of color make power moves and like huge career opportunities that like, come their way. Like it's awesome. Dude, any chance that this can happen, especially in the gaming space, where like we mm -hmm. and, like we know that there's a lot of people, unfortunately, in in the gaming space that really fucking suck, you know, and like yeah. and, and 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 just are not okay with with 
you know, women getting great opportunities in the gaming industry. You know, it's it's awesome to see it. It's awesome to see it. And I, I know, like, um, I was I was talking to, I think it might have been Devin or, like, one of my other homeboys talking a little bit about, like, how it's interesting to see how how our society has sort of, like, started making some strides towards, like, some, towards women of color and people of color, like, becoming important this world and getting mm-hmm. and getting huge opportunities and it's becoming like the norm it's starting to become like a like the absolute norm of like what we can expect in society it's awesome it's absolutely yeah. awesome I'm, I'm all about it it's really inspiring to see her succeed just because she has had such a uh just a positive outlook and a positive um mark for everybody with everything that she's been doing and um I just hope to see more people come out of it and be inspired by her and to see more female gamers and rise up and be content creators, be a part of this yeah. world. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, and I think people don't, when, when some people might see this announcement and not understand what that means. Cause sh- let's be like to, if you've watched any of a hundred, these content, uh, Valkyrie courage, um, Brooke, AB, uh, are part of that content house that was with, uh, with Nate shot, uh, the guy who started, um, hundred thieves who also incredible content creator and big props to him for opening up this opportunity for them to become and become co-owners. Cause they now join people like scooter Braun, Drake, some of these other really big co-owners of hundred thieves. Um, and when people hear co-owner, they don't understand what that means. That means they literally have equity in a company that was just recently valued at $190 million. $190 million. And she's for a, a part gaming, of that. For a, for a gaming culture organization. That is, that is huge. Um, hundred thieves has just been, um, incredible. I mean, at the very, like she had a times, uh, this hit the New York times. That's how big this is. And that mm-hmm. Valkyrie and courage. I think we want to make, I want to make sure that we're also like giving courage, the respect he gets because yeah, courage yeah. is also an incredible content creator and someone who is, it plays a huge part in creating a positive environment on Twitch. So, or on YouTube actually, cause he's yeah, a YouTube yeah, gamer, yeah, but, yeah, right, right. um, I just, so Here's my 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 short story just talking about what endeared me to Valkyrie so quickly is um so 2019 I'm going to TwitchCon and one of my mods at the time uh was like if you can and it might be hard uh this 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 streamer Valkyrie she's is is doing a meet and greet and uh if you guys have ever been to TwitchCon they they take a lot of the biggest creators and they have meet and greets um at different times every day and she goes this evacuates giving away these signed baseball cards basically of like an art- artist rendering of her um and i would die to get one and i was like okay fine sure no problem didn't really know who valkyrie was i was like she seems really cool whatever seen her streams here and there but didn't really know um i was there like an hour and a half before her line opened and i was like the sixth person in line um i walk up to her and she's just the most bubbly just the kindest person um and i tell her the story i'm like hey like i know it's it's so nice to meet you um, you know, I, I've seen a couple of your streams, but I, my mod is just loves you. And she would like proceeded to immediately ask like everything about my mod. She asks for my phone and I give her and she records a video of herself saying hi to my mod and like saying, we miss you. We wish you were here, but this is for you. Um, and then proceeds to sign a card. And then she goes, are you sending this to her? And I said, yeah, she goes, do you want one? And I said, that would be awesome. And proceeded to sign another card when there's like a very limited amount of these things. So she just like beyond just generous and kind and um that's the kind of energy we need to see and to see someone like she's filipino beyond just being a person of color for me and or now like we're we're island we're island boys like it's nice to see mm-hmm. like we're filipino as well like it's cool to see more pinoy people taking positions of 
power and not just positions of power, but like visible positions of power. Like she and courage now have this, um, they have a position to be able to do a lot of good. And literally since that started, like when they were announced, I think this is, wasn't talked about a lot. Twitter blew up a, but then they started saying what their visions or goals to do with hundred thieves. Hockey raise was to start signing more women content creators. Like yeah. her platform now allows her to go out and do um, even more good for more women content creators, get them on the forefront, more people of color. Like I just, I think this is an exciting time um, to, to be a person of color, to be a woman of color in the gaming space for you know, many different reasons. I know there's still a lot of problems that they're dealing with, but Valkyrie and Courage JD being coming co-owners is a sign of good things in the future, at least yeah. especially for that organization. Yeah, well, especially for the organization, but just in the gaming industry in general, you know, because mm-hmm. th- things like this, like mo- like things like this happening is such a good sign for like, like people of color all around the world that that play video games that like never would have thought it fathomable. It, it's, it's, I, I sort of compare it to, uh, to the effect of like seeing people of color in like superhero movies you know so we see like what happened with like black panther and how important that is for Mm. young black boys being able to see i have a superhero who is black i have something that i can relate to and obviously this isn't like a superhero thing like that's you know not exactly how i'm comparing it but it's it's a situation that there's kids that play video games that wish that are wanting to make video gaming a career, whether it's in esports, whether it's in content creation, etc., what have you, the they now have a reason to feel like they have a chance, and not and not have mm-hmm. them be pushed off to the wayside. Things like this are super awesome to see because steps like that get made, and it just becomes easier in the future where it's no longer just about like, are you brown? Are you a woman? You know, so on and so forth. Like it's 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 awesome because it's a step towards making that change in the gaming industry agreed yeah and i mean the black panther thing is is a huge uh, is a is a great example i mean lil nas x being unabashedly himself now allowing for lgbtq like kids that lived are living his experience right now uh, of like being told they're going to hell for being gay or whatever and now he's like no that's not what this like mm-hmm. you can be yourself and still be successful people like we still talk about the top streamers being white dudes on twitch youtube whatever and so to now see more people of color women uh rising to the top and getting these opportunities uh it just gives hope for a lot more people yeah Devin, you're gonna hop in there for a second uh no no i'm i agree with everything you guys said it's like i said it's just incredibly cool to see her be a role model for everybody and have that goal of signing on more female content creators yeah for sure uh we we have a uh, the mighty phelps in the chat it's a uh put in a little comment here gaming is like a viewing entertainment platform is so big now pretty sure tournaments and events and just people watching streamers in general have more views in pro sports now um i I'd, I'd argue against that because the the numbers are a little bit a little bit wild when it comes to pro sports especially when you're looking at things like mm-hmm. football and basketball put together but <laughs> but esports and people watching streamers and watching video game content in general it is big and it's getting bigger mm-hmm. every single year and we and we've been seeing like just in the past like five five years even just this huge rise in like like how big the gaming industry has gotten and how normal in everybody's like everyday lives gaming has gotten. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, really sweet to see really sweet to see. 
I do I know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. No, I mean, I was I was looking it up right now. Like the last the uh, legal the League of Legends World Championship, the prize pool was two point three million dollars in twenty twenty. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's it's far. I mean, of course, we're not talking Super Bowl numbers, right, but people right. like I think they actually did have. I mean, I, concurrent viewership, I think we'd have to go look at the data for it. But right. I thought there were some reports talking about how the League of Legends championship this last year brought in more concurrent viewers than the MLB World Series, the like the the world, the FIFA, the World Cup. Like it actually like I don't think that they're super far off in terms of uh, concurrent viewership on live streaming platforms and at these major tournaments, et cetera, to regular sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do know as a grand skill of of just the equity of of the whole video game industry is bigger than um, pretty much other every other media platform combined, like music, movies, TV show. It brings in more revenue than all of those, so it's well on its way to pretty much just dominating the whole media scape and just being mainstream media too, not just being mm-hmm. like ESPN has the Overwatch, like the Overwatch League is broadcast on TV now, like we're getting to a place where these gaming uh, events and these gaming tournaments, et cetera, it's not just going to be just Twitch. It's going to be on cable net cable news. Yeah. Like it's, you're going to turn on CBS and it's going to be a CSGO tournament, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> don't, open the chat, don't open the chat on live, on live TV though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Island said, yikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. All right. Well, to, to, I've, yeah, it's it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see like where where that could turn into, especially with you know doing what we do, you know, in comparison. So, congratulations to Valkyrie. Congratulations to Courage. Those those two yes, are definitely yeah. are definitely worthy of Thor's hammer. So yes, yeah, give, give them a hand. Give them a hand. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely, it's good. It's awesome for them. It's good to see. And I, I hope they make those big moves the next couple of years, and we'll definitely be seeing that too for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Devin, you want to take on this uh, this next news story for us? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Shang-Chi toys reveal plot lines and family ties. This is from Cooper Hood at Screen Rant. Um, So uh, leaked toys for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings reveal new plot details and family ties to the master of Kung Fu. The first decade of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was fairly criticized for the lack of diversity among leading superheroes. And the introduction of Shang-Chi is one of many ways that Marvel Studios is attempting to avoid similar criticisms in Phase 4. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is the first MCU movie to be led by an Asian superhero. Feature a per... um, Pro... uh, Sorry, I am word vomiting. An Asian... Asian cast and directed by an Asian director. There's a lot of excitement uh, for Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings within the Marvel fandom. The film is expected to lean heavily into martial arts and will also feature a debut of the MCU's real Mandarin. The legendary actor, Tony Luang? Luang? Am I saying uh, that right? Lung. I think it's Lung. Lung? Yeah, Lung. Tony Lung. Sorry about that. Plays the villainous Ten Rings leader opposite uh, Simu Liu's new Marvel hero. Although the movie was originally supposed to be out by now, it has been delayed multiple times due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. This has left Marvel in a position where it could keep official details on the cast, characters, and plot to a minimum. With the film's release date growing closer, toy leaks continue to be the best source of information right now. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, this is very needed, you know, uh, Shang-Chi coming out here. Um, I haven't looked at the toys really myself. I was just kind of looking yeah, I- at I was I was thinking about like posting them on here, but I also am like very much against like spoilers for anything that is not like reasonably within like a time frame for people to experience. I didn't want to post up a picture of them. Um, what I can say is that it's a lot. It's like maybe 15, 20 toys of the various different characters that are supposed to be in the Shang-Chi movie. Um, all of them Chinese characters. And so it's yep. it's it's awesome to see and i'm sure that's kind of like where you were going with it too is like this is one i'm super stoked on shang chi in general just because i'm i'm stoked to see a fucking asian mm-hmm. character in in the avengers man it's gonna be dope yeah. i'm super stoked on that mm-hmm. uh, uh i'm just seeing it in chat here real quick uh phelps just wanted to say his lunch is over and he loves us but uh we love you too man we love you too phelps. <laughs> thank you thank you phelps yeah no um yeah i i'm excited i mean i'm just a nerd for anything mcu i i like every (laughs) single movie i i'm you know i like how they've been exploring everything finally instead of just being you know five white guy superheroes um you know we got falcon winter soldier um i like yeah i'm just really glad that they're going about this the right way and not whitewashing the whole thing because it is a predominantly asian characters and pretty much every comic anyways yeah and we're probably I mean, gonna have scarlett johansson in there somewhere <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> yeah, sorry for anyone who hasn't watched the event for anyone who has watched endgame but she did like <laughs> right um, but I, I more so mean scarlett johansson playing as a chinese character <laughs> uh, okay um, i i wonder like you know not to draw comparisons but like uh-huh. crazy rich asians what it did for bringing asian culture to the forefront of like modern cinema mm-hmm. like this mar the marvel and the mcu has become just one of the biggest powerhouses in in theater going and movie in movie history so the idea that we're going to bring a predominantly asian cast a an asian lead an asian villain an asian director to uh something that is so unanimously loved like loved by comic book fans loved by lay people who don't know comic books but they just enjoy action movies and they've been able to they've been indoctrinated into this like superhero universe um it's exciting i mean tony lung being the man like actually getting a real mandarin and not having that bullshit they had in, in iron man i know ben kingsley what a cuck that was hearing that that was gonna be <laughs> That, the, that yeah. the Mandarin was going to be an Iron Man three, and then it ended up not being what we thought it was. Like that was almost almost yeah. offensive at a certain point. Yeah, but I mean, um, I, mean I think we're also kind of getting the main point of this is that someone leaked these toys and uh, talking about main plot points, and this isn't the first time this has happened, and and I think Marvel history, right? This has happened in Mar like it's happened in another Marvel movie too, didn't they? Where they like released, I think it was like Captain America. Yeah, uh, wasn't it Winter Soldier? And they released yep. like some toys that actually like gave away plot points too early or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was like the uh, the Winter Soldier one was uh, was Bucky. named Bucky was- on the toy itself, and so mm-hmm. that gave off like a huge thing. Like Red Skull toy was a thing as well, and so because I know in the trailers they didn't show Red Skull as Red Skull at first; they just showed him as what's his face from the Matrix, and so it was like yeah. you know, and so so people were like, "Oh shit, Red Skull's gonna be," in. and so it's it's super interesting stuff too. Um, I mean, it's this stuff notoriously, notoriously happens in like every MCU cycle. 
You know, people are yeah. digging for whatever spoilers they can possibly get and they whatever information that they can get because MCU is super tight knit with this stuff. They're super tight knit. Like if they drop a spoiler, it's typically because they chose to drop a spoiler. They meant to. Yeah. 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 And 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 usually it's a fucking lie. Like usually it's like some <laughs> bullshit. They like put out there. Thor is actually yeah. in shape, but actually in, in Endgame, he's gonna be mm-hmm. fat in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk <laughs> doesn't have like a fried arm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was literally like the best thing ever is just seeing Thor and uh like just in Hulk mode the whole time and like that was just it was so interesting. <laughs> what you say, Did you see, uh that what was it? The um Xbox commercial where they had um Falcon on there and they had that guy where it was like kind of set up in a uh GameStop where they were playing uh games oh, together. Yeah, yeah. I, I that haven't guy, seen that. That guy with the long hair was Doom Master sixty nine from Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Fucking way! They talked, they talked about, at length about how important, like how cool it was that they like even in their promotional materials for other for shows way beyond the the Endgame, they brought in like cool tie ins like that. Oh damn! I can't believe I, I missed that. Everything is connected. They do a good job with that. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the MCU second. Like now that the uh, end game is done, and now we're starting to move on to this next mm-hmm. series of movies. Like the new the new Spider Man movie is going to be incredible. Mm. Uh, Doctor Strange two is going to be awesome. Yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision have set have, have are like they've created like a new style yeah. of, yeah. of oh, entertainment. Darker tone. Well, they basically made three like three movies and released them as episodes in a TV show, and they have the all of the qualities, all of the high end uh, like production value of the regular movies, but they're releasing them as a nine part and a six part television show. Like that's insane, and yeah. they're building they're building this universe that is going to be. I'm excited to see what happens. Like, are they going to do another team up? Are they going to do a new Avengers? Are they going to like what is the plan here? I and think so, it's Young um, Avengers. I think they're doing Young Avengers because Wanda's kids are actually part of the Young Avengers, and then um, they also are introducing Patriot, from what I understand. Well, yeah. So um, I, Isaiah's mm-hmm. son from uh, the the kid that was mm-hmm. at the front door when when Falcon and Winter Soldier go to talk to the the Black Captain America. Uh, his son. Sorry, is- you guys haven't watched it, by the way. Oops. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> my my bad. My bad. But uh, <laughs> I know yeah. we're gonna be doing like a, a Falcon and Winter Soldier stuff later on. But, but uh, um, you see that they're doing Miss Marvel as well, right? They're yes. doing a, t- yes. a TV show for that too. Um, exciting so. too. Talk about like exciting for brown or Arab people, exactly. people that have a superhero or superheroist um, mm-hmm. that will rep. I mean, good on Marvel for continuing to start pushing deeper into. Mm-hmm comic book lore and uh not just white comic book lore but like um you know i i think stanley would be proud to see that he's having his characters mm-hmm. represented well and not just his white characters but his like his people his poc and and with female uh characters yeah his his whole thing if i remember stan lee's whole thing is he just wanted everybody to be united and that was the whole point of the the mcu to him and uh, it's really it's really cool seeing it all being realized finally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and just like, but like Island was saying, it's just the power that the MCU holds, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have, they're, they're much more than just this media company. They're much more mm-hmm. than just this media property. Like there, there is, there, there's such a deep, rooted 
thing here that that the MCU has over all of us. I mean, like every time that we ever talk about MCU stuff, we get into these kind of conversations like, God, I'm so fucking excited. This is so awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I've, I've yet to hear too many people have anything but positive, wonderful things to say, mm-hmm. because the MCU has changed a lot of people's lives, you know? Mm-hmm. You can have your opinions on, like, which movies are good and things like that, but they're, they have this, they're, they're uniquely situated in, in this position in the entertainment world to tell stories um, to more than just comic book people now, but to the rest of the world, to um, to to my parents who have never read a comic book in their lives, but they love the Marvel movies, and they mm-hmm. can now hear the stories, uh, the the stories of black excellence, of uh, of of the Muslim experience, of um, you know, the Asian experience, you know, these mm-hmm. different places where we're now allowed to introduce to people that may not get their culture from anything but their movies, to now see these stories that they may not have heard other ways. Yeah, yeah and especially with you know these heroes these characters that they bring to these movies they're they're role models to kids you see kids wearing the t-shirts you know wearing the costumes getting the toys and, and just that it ties in with what they want to be you know and, and they're picking people that are well suited like they're picking mm-hmm. people that are larger life when when chadwick boseman passed away your r.i.p to the king yeah like the amount of photos of young black kids like kids mm-hmm. who understood that this man changed their future. Like, and like you think about it, like they, they, he gave them someone to embody someone to exemplify someone to look up to. Um, they chose something beautiful. They chose to tell a story that allowed for these young black kids to see that there there's, there's, there's greatness out there for them. They don't have to be relegated to what other people think of them based on their skin tone, but they're allowed to be Kings. They're allowed to be princes. They're allowed to be, uh, just these, like there's these, just creating these incredible role models, and I think that that is something so powerful, and it's something that as if Marvel can continue to do that effectively and well, um, you, they're going to change a lot of lives. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. That's exactly what I was going to get into next. That's literally perfect. Like it, it's it's incredibly inspiring, and I I'm here for it. I want to see more of it, and I I can't wait to be talking about this pretty much every time they come out with a movie now, you know, I, I also want to talk about too, real quick, uh, how like super fucking stoked I am to see the choreography that we're going to get in Shang-Chi because them talking yeah. about like putting it very focused on like the martial arts stuff. I am like way hyped on that dog way yeah. hyped on that. I think I've heard my reports that I've heard of it is that it's going to be like almost a Shaolin movie. Like it's going to be mm-hmm. like what you see when you watch like Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or when you watched hero or any of the Jet Li movie, like, that level of hyper intense, a beautiful, fluid choreography where it's not just like a Marvel action, everything's blowing up, but these guys are fighting in traditional wushu art uh, styles or wushu uh, martial arts styles. Look, mm-hmm. look, God, I I've seen what you've done for other people. I need I <laughs> I need to see this so bad. I cannot uh, wait for this movie to come out, man. I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Uh, what are you, What are you looking up, Devin? You looking up something? Yeah, I'm actually looking up who is doing the choreography right now for Shang-Chi. Oh, yes, please. Um, so his name is Joseph Lee, and I just want to see what else he's been behind. That, sound, that does sound familiar. Does sound familiar. want to say uh, John. No, not John. He did, live, he did live action Afro Samurai. 
Oh, uh, sick. There's a live action set, Afro Samurai. Did I, <laughs> yeah. 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 2019 um, is what it, what he's known for. He's known for that. He's known for Shang-Chi doing all their stunts. Um, Mulan and East Side Story stunts 2020. I've never oh. heard of that. So, so, this, so this dude's kind of making some come ups too, then, because yeah. he's going from like some, some like smaller things up into doing choreography for an MCU movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he did a lot of, um, you know, like uh, independent film type type mm-hmm. things here so far, mm-hmm. which is actually really cool because now they're giving him a chance to do something big on this scale as well. Um, again, his name is Joseph Lee. I'm gonna have to. You know, I really love Samurai Champloo as the oh, enemy. Oh, it's so good. I, I so might good. have to watch this. It, and actually, it says Afro Samurai Champloo. It's like Afro Samurai, Samurai versus Champloo. It's a live action Ooh. thing. So, okay. we, can we yeah. get like Afro Samurai Champloo Roni Kenshin? Can we get that crossover? Oh, <laughs> like <look>. a three. <laughs> what a Samurai showdown. We have Samuel L. Jackson play Afro Samurai. <laughs> I know. How, how rad would that be? Just Mace Windu with a katana. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, no, he he voiced, didn't he voice that in the dub version? Yes. Yeah. 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 And he did an yeah. incredible damn job at it because yeah. Sam, Sam Jackson is the man. He's the, the man. The dude. dude. All right, boys. Yeah. Well, let's move into our second segment here. I feel like uh, that's that was some some awesome new stuff that we've had throughout the week. Um uh second segment let's let's talk a little bit about uh some things that we've been watching and playing uh devin i want to start with you for this one actually what's uh what's some stuff you've been playing what's some stuff you've been watching well i am still playing the outer worlds um ever since they did that 4k fps boost on console i'm still pulled into that i probably put another three hours into it this week and i'm just exploring one of those planets um monarch right now um I just want to talk about how the gunplay is actually so good in that game. Um, the mods that you can do on the different kind of like ammo types that you can use. It's mm. just, it's, it's just a fun game. I, I am a sucker for, you know, Bethesda obsidian, you know, any like first person RPG style game. Mm. And it's still hitting the mark for me just on every point, the story, the zany, uh, you know, dialogue between the characters. It's, you know, I can't get away from it. Um, I also finally picked up Pokemon Sword again. So I've been playing that. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Big money moves. Yeah, I got my second badge in it and I've just been grinding. And you know what's interesting about that game? When go. you when you have a Nintendo online and you hook up to online and you can do this thing called surprise trading in it, right? So you can oh, just yeah, get so some random Pokemon and you just set it up on surprise trade. You send it out and sometimes you will just get a legendary Pokemon because people just don't care. And just be nice. Yeah, and it's it gives you such an upper hand in early game. Like I got a level 100 Pikachu the other day. Jesus. Doing, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So like when I when I hit that that second badge, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I just used the Pikachu because every enemy was water style Pokemon for the most part. Yeah. Wait, I thought that like the whole point was that you couldn't have like an overleveled Pokemon because you had to have a certain badge level for all for Pokemon at a certain level to like obey you. That is the point, but they have that Pokemon camp thing that you can do mm-hmm. where you can play with your Pokemon and feed them and they make you like you more. 
So yeah. like even if you're like technically yeah. too low of a badge level to like command them, they will listen to you because they like yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. How many hours did you spend in that Pokemon camp getting that? Pikachu? <laughs> you are way out of my league. To me. Let's just say I, you know, on some nights, it's just like it's my, you know, I lay in bed and I play my Switch before I go to sleep, and it's really easy to do that. Let's, let's just say Pikachu actually listens now. Let's just let's just yeah. say that. <laughs> it's my own awesome. story. Okay. Oh my <laughs> god, man! Oh my god, have have you been watching anything? Uh yeah um so I recently got Apple TV and I started watching The Servant here this last week. I'm on episode four. It's an M Night Shyamalan uh series and right. it is very twisty. It's um if you like spooky thriller stuff and just things that make you question really what's going on. Um, I'm not gonna give too much away about it. I. I just recommend if you like thrillers, if you like, you know, weird movies like The Village or anything like that, just go watch a trailer. Uh, each episode is only about 30 minutes long. Um, the first episode pulled me in right away. Um, it has a lot to do with grief. It has a lot to do um, with questioning religion in general. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, still watching Black Clover. Um <laughs> You know, episode 150 right now. That's where I'm at. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Island, what about you, man? What you've been what you've been playing that isn't Outriders? You know what I mean? Oh god. Uh I've played I mean, I've played some a good amount of Apex. They've got a new uh Apex Legends has a new patch coming out on on Tuesday, so I'll probably be playing a lot of that this week. Um uh, played some more Dead by Daylight. The new character, Trickster, came out along with a new survivor and then some patches and stuff like that. And they're they're going to be quickly fixing a lot of the uh, they're quickly fixing some uh, some problems with trickster because he's a really weak killer but um so playing that uh what else have i been playing i, I haven't played play, i haven't really been varying up what i've been playing lately i've been playing kind of the same things but um i'm really excited for pokemon snap is coming out at the end of the month um i played i played a lot of near automata recently and got through that i know near replicants coming out again the 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 mm. remaking of like the old ps2 or ps3 yeah point two six seven eight five three five dot 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 i haven't played I haven't played near yet and I've been I downloaded it recently. Do you like highly recommend it? Is it I do. it's it's trippy. Like it, there's 26 different endings. Only three <laughs> there's three like real like uh like canon endings and then there's like a bunch of different endings that if you did something in a certain way it would end the game right there because it like had something interesting it, it finalized something. And it's just very interesting and it you know a lot of people hail it as one of the like as like one of the top 10 games of all time it's just it's a very um it's a very engaging game it makes you think a lot it has some really like just it, it's a very heady game it's a very like uh uh, uh full philosophical game you're, like you're, okay. you're you think about a lot of things so um right up, right i recommend it. Right. i had a lot of fun with it i've only done like i've only got like five or six of the endings so well i'm I'm a Final Fantasy like diehard, so same, you know same. Nier is like right up my alley, and also another reason why I play Outriders because you know I love Square. <laughs> Square is great. Yeah, I have I have my PS5. I actually have not played it nearly enough, but um, I you know 
talk about PlayStation with game or I know they don't have Game Pass, but their PS Plus gate like free games every month have blown Xbox out the water. Oh, so I, I agree 100% behind that. Final, Final Fantasy 7 remake I got for free, so I got to play I got to play through that and a bunch it's of other great. stuff, but it's so. good. It's real it's good. Really good. It's <laughs> real it's good. good. <laughs> Not only is the gameplay just fun, but it's a gorgeous Beautiful. game. It's yeah. when level of detail is amazing in that game well in final final fantasy 7 is like a really like like soft spot in my heart because it's like the first video game that i ever like actually played and so the nostalgia mm-hmm. in in seeing this be revisualized i spent like two weeks like almost wanting to cry like every day that i saw anything that was like final fantasy 7 remake related before the game came out it was like oh my god i'm 30 years old i'm actually gonna get this remake i look so stoked dude it was it was an ethereal experience i was super excited man but i i actually need to play near automata uh, still as well. I have I never played any of the near games actually. Um, it, it, it's it's interesting and it, like you just have to like. And the funny thing is like there's no like tutorial. Like, you have to like figure the game out and then you have to play through it a couple of times. That's the thing. Like you play through it and then when you play through it again, it actually changes a lot of stuff about the game. Ooh. So that, that's how you get different endings. And that's how you see different perspectives on the whole storyline. You okay. have to play through the game a couple of times, and that's what makes it like you start seeing really cool like interplays between your different playthroughs it's just it's yeah highly recommend isn't there like two main characters you can play as as well two so yeah again it's kind of hard to like spoil anything because this game's been out forever but yeah there's 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 uh 2a and 9 or 2b and 9a or something i think is what it is um but they're your first playthrough you play as one of them your second playthrough you play as a different one and you have a different way of playing and you have a different perspective on the storyline and so very very uh, like i said it gets very philosophical very interesting so um i've been watching what i've been watching uh not i mean falcon winter soldier i gotta watch yesterday's episode um my hero academia so excited that's it i just got my tickets to go see the demon slayer mujin train movie excited for that um, I, I'm I'm about to get started on a on the this Amazon Prime show called Invincible. I don't know. I think that mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. or you said that you've watched it yes. and it's supposed to be really good. Um, Stephen Ewan is the main character, plays the main character, so I'm very like awesome, excited for that. So it's like a, it's a superhero show, but it's supposed to be a lot darker. So I'm really excited to start that. Um, my my wife and I and my sister just. Uh, uh, watched Thunder Force last night. It's this new Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer, uh, like buddy comedy superhero yeah. show on Netflix. How was it? it How was ter- it? It has a terrible Rotten Tomatoes ranking. It like it literally <laughs> has like twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, but it's like fun. It's fun. It's not like it's not groundbreaking or anything. Like that, but it, it was a good time. We had a lot of lot of we had a lot of laughs. And we also may have uh, imbibed on some. Uh, we had 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 uh we might not have been in a, a fully lucid state of mind when we yeah. watched it but that helped a lot and it was just it was very fun to watch um yeah. so just fun i think i feel like rotten tomatoes like hates melissa mccarthy i feel like oh, they hate her they so much well, because, they can, because it feels like melissa mccarthy is like the 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 woman uh the female version of will ferrell like you just <laughs> Yeah, incredibly yeah. funny. Like, you could literally laugh at any of their movies, and it just sometimes it feels like this. You know, they might see it sometimes as like they see the same character over and over. But I think Melissa McCarthy is just an incredible actress, and I love almost everything she's in. Yeah, I, I love everything, and, and Octavia too. 
Like, did, oh, did yeah. you did you watch that uh that horror movie that she did? Like, a, a back? yeah. 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 Did Ma. you guys watch that? I never yeah. watched it, but I heard it was really well done, and then she was just fantastic in that. I didn't it's, watch it either. T- tell us, Devin. It's trippy. Um, I mean, it kind of has some like horror movie cliches where like people are like, she's obviously being creepy, and like people are like, oh yeah, whatever, sure, I'll go drink in your basement. Behind the wall of chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, if I was to rate that movie, I would give it like maybe a six out of ten. It's not Ooh. terrible, okay. not okay. amazing, but it 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 does what it you know it's supposed to do. Again, it just has like some like teen character cliches in it. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. So, okay, fair enough. Well, um, the couple things that I actually wanted to talk about was uh, um, as far as playing, I actually started up uh, Cozy Cove the other night. Um, which is a game on oh, Steam. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, so it's it's like um it's like Animal Crossing Light, um and it like Animal Crossing like Spirit Fair like slammed together mm-hmm. into like a very light version. So yeah. um you play as what's called a Spirit Scout who is you um in this cute little like Boy Scout Girl Scout outfit who gets abandoned onto a haunted island. And when I say haunted, I mean that like loosely because the ghosts in this are just like cute dorky looking like bear ghosts <laughs> and it's it's a super cute looking game uh and essentially you're trying to like revitalize this island by helping these spirits be laid to rest essentially and uh and each day because it's based on a day by day sort of like uh uh like objective listing so like in real time oh. in real time so each day you basically have about 30 to 35 minutes worth of gameplay that you can do uh, and play because it's limited to the amount of like uh, like rewards that you can get from doing these tasks. And then basically this little campfire that you have uh, in your area says, OK, that's all you have for today. Come back tomorrow. And so it's kind of like this really nice, like I don't have to feel overcommitted to like play it. It's just like at the mm-hmm. end of my night, I hop into hop into the game do a couple tasks for like 25, 30 minutes, and then I'm done for the night. And then tomorrow I'll do the exact same thing. You know, like it's, a, it's, it's yeah. a really easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really easy, like not demanding game, which I kind of felt like I, I wanted to have uh, for like sort of my downtime in between, like watching movies and playing outriders and stuff like that. And so <laughs> uh, it's, it's been, it's been nice. I, I think it's really cute looking. It's really fun. It's only like, uh, it's on sale on Steam right now for like thirteen fifty or something like that. It's a super cheap game, but uh, it's just it's just it not. Like, it kind of has like the chibi. It has like the chibi, brighter art style yeah. of like Don't Starve. Yeah, and mm. it's like it's like hand drawn art, and so it it, look, yeah. it looks really really dope. Uh, the the character art's really cute. Like it's it's got mm. a lot of things that I that I really enjoy about it without being too much. You know, like it's not a mm. sixty dollar game. It doesn't play like a sixty dollar game. It definitely plays like a twenty dollar game, which is totally uh-huh. fine. You know. Yeah. Hey, this is uh this is really gonna reveal my uh, dweebness, but it looks like Maple Story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. No, that big, big agree on that. It, and it kind of, it kind of feels like the first time playing Maple Story too, because, um, because you know, like when you go into a game like that, you're kind of like, holy shit, there's a lot going on here, but there's like not really, just feels like it's a lot, and so you kind of go in there and start tasking, and it kind of just like gives you a direction to go, and after like the first like thirty minutes that I played like the first night, I was kind of like, this is. 
way more fun than I want it to be. I do have a couple caveats because it's like I'm I'm at a point where I'm starting to you only get like 20 pieces of like inventory that you can like hold at mm -hmm. one time. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm starting to collect a lot of inventory and not having a lot of places to put them because there's some tasks you can't complete in the same day. So you have to uh, wait a day or two for more fruit to produce or for a ghost to pop up or something like that. So you have to hold on to this inventory. So my island is starting to look like a garage sale where I just have a yeah. bunch of random <laughs> shit just spread across my campfire. And so it's a little goofy, but it's still like just a really nice, like feel good experience, especially considering the thing I've been watching has been Euphoria on HBO Max. And I don't know if you guys have Ooh. watched this show, mm -mm. but I've heard of it, I think. Yeah. So my my sister uh, had is in that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know, I know what show it is. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she she does an amazing job. She does a fucking such a good job in this show, boys. I'm telling you, like she she kills it. Um, th this show is really interesting. My my sister talked me into giving it a shot, and I finally watched. I still have two episodes left of this show out of the I think it's like six seven episode season that they have. Uh, it is mm -hmm. a limited television series so it's it's not they're not doing any more than one season as far as i know um it it is it's got some things that i feel like are really interesting it's got some things that i feel are really problematic because there there's a lot of themes and a lot of things that happen in this show that i'm very kind of like uh i don't know if that's like something they should be doing as far as like a show that's talking about like teenagers in high school um, mm -hmm. And so it, it kind of like goes to this, uh, it, it kind of skates, it's, it skates this line a little bit that's mm. very, very, uh, very easy to cross. Um, there's a, there's a lot of dick in the show. There's a shocking <laughs> amount of dick in the show. Well, it's HBO. Yeah. It is HBO. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I do think it is important though in shows like that to, to, to be authentic because like mm -hmm. that is the experience of a lot like i get that you don't want to like glorify certain like certain uh behaviors or things especially of with course. teens but you also i think is important to tell those stories because they're happening um you know right now there's a lot of discourse i don't know if you guys heard of they or them yeah so Have so my hearing about what's going on with that my my mm. partner is actually is actually wanting to try to watch it but i've been reading some stuff that i'm like i don't know i don't know yeah. because some of the things i'm reading is like oh shit shit it's written it's written by uh, uh a poc a woman PO, uh poc writer there's a there's other writers too but like a, apparently a good amount of them are white and they just it's a it's a horror anthology, but it it's like it depicts very very graphic violence against black people, and in a, in a way where it's like, is this actually helpful or is this gratuitous violence against a mm -hmm. uh, like is this like are like this shouldn't why are we showcasing like this isn't entertainment this is now just like I don't know there right, I just right. been seeing a lot of I've been seeing a lot of black people speaking out and saying this is not it like this isn't good so. It's that kind of concept of like, uh, what's the line between these stories need to be told and these things need to be showcased? How do we use something versus are you being gratuitous and like showcasing right, something right. just for people to like be shocked and odd and then like angry later? Which is which is kind of the line that I'm talking about when it comes to Euphoria because it's like there there are some 
some remnants of some things that are very just like true true to that that life of being a teenager because there's some things i see in the show that i'm like yeah i saw that sort of stuff when i was a kid i i saw that shit when i was 16 17 years old fine fair enough but there's there's just some there's a few stories in it like a few like b thoughts that are like very outlandish in a lot of different areas and i'm like i almost don't feel like this small like group of kids should all be having these outrageous things happening to them simultaneously and so it's like it has some moments that it's like pretty fucking out there but it is an interesting show because there are some some themes of like general like things that happen in the show that i'm like okay like this this is some some stuff that I feel is more important for parents to understand actually happens with their kids. And so, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and, and for teenagers to sort of relate to, um, Zendaya is fucking phenomenal in the show. If there's any reason to watch the show, it's, it, it's her character. Cause she's sort of like, is the main character, she's the narrator, but she's also not particularly just the only main character because it revolves mm-hmm. around a group of kids that are sort of all like loosely know each other in one way or another. Uh, she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. She makes the show definitely like, worth watching. So be warned. There are some things that might, that happen in the show that might make you a little bit uncomfortable. There are, there's no like outrageous, um, trigger warning rape scenes in the show thank god there's no there's nothing like mm-hmm. that that happens in the show but there are some things that kind of get real close to that sort of oh this is uncomfortable sort of thing so it is an mm-hmm. interesting show i definitely recommend some people watch it um kind of a weird segue but i think we can get into the third segment to talk a little bit about <laughs> outriders now um yeah 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 let's, let's kind of let's brighten up this conversation a little because i know that that <laughs> that show's gonna it's gonna hit a lot of people so um fucking boys outriders man <laughs> outriders this, yeah me and Devin are not anywhere even near as close to the end of this game as you are, Island, and mm-hmm. we're we're fucking in love with it. We're in love with this damn game. Um, let's start with you, Island. What has <laughs> because you've been you're so much further. I'm pretty sure you completed the campaign, didn't you? I am done with the you campaign. Have, yes, you have the expeditions version, right? Tell us yep. a little bit about your experience with it since the game's come out. Yeah, so I was actually excited about Outriders from the beginning. I when I when the demo came out, I played the demo. I grinded the demo for like 20 hours. I actually like beat the demo. I got to the end of the demo. I started four characters, got them all up to the level cap on the demo. I grinded legendaries on my trickster account. Like enjoyed enjoyed the hell out of it. I was like, I'm super excited for that this game for this game to fully come out. There were some things with the demo that we like all said, like, hey, you know, the camera shake on the cutscenes were 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 was pretty bad and stuff like that, but we let the studio know what was going on there. Um, I was honestly, I was actually uh, blessed to be given a code by Square Enix to play the game when it came out. So shout out to Square Enix for yeah. um, basically spo- kind of kind of sponsoring me to play the game. Um, and funny, well, and they gave me that code. 20 minutes after I had just bought the game because I still wanted to play it on launch. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, I, yeah. and, and because I, was, I had already played the game, Steam wouldn't refund me. So they actually, Square Enix gave me permission to give the code away on stream. So that was pretty cool too. So That's awesome. um, okay. I was able nope. to get someone else on, able to get someone else on Enoch. Mm-hmm. But um, just, I think, and you know, the, from the launch, the, the launch of the game was a little rough, was a little rocky. We all know that. I think the people that got all pissy about it for the first weekend shouldn't, well, 
like sucks. Get over it. Because like every the second game, the game, every game, the second, well, the every second game, the game was terrible. I, I don't, I don't know how much I love the idea that they have this game, which is mostly single player, not PvP, mostly single player, needing to be always online. That's kind of a an an yeah, unfortunate yeah. Uh, a choice, but it's still a choice, and it's something that doesn't stop me from loving the game. I was enamored by the story. It, it's a lot of people talk about how it, like, Oh, this game looks like destiny. This game looks like gears of war. This game, it, it took some of the best parts of a bunch of different games and innovated them so well that it became its own thing. Like outriders is its own thing. Outriders is a game where I will compare other things to it now in the future, because it took these, these different, like the world tier system, the, the looter shooter, the third person cover shooting, like it took them and made them so good that I'm like, this is kind of what I want to look at as being like my go-to. The gear, the modding system was incredible is incredible. The the different gear, the uh just the the way that you interact with the world. Um, I just yeah, I have lots of it. initial thoughts, love the game. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Devin, Devin, initial thoughts go hit him with it. Um, yeah. I mean, to reiterate what uh, Island just said, I love the game so far. Uh, the gameplay loop is awesome. Uh, I was really, really into Mass Effect 3 and Mass Effect 2, and it kind of has that similar combat style, you know, with the, uh, like, in Mass Effect, you have the biotic abilities. I'm uh, playing as a trickster, which is very similar to that because it's all space-time type of type of moves. And, um, you know, obviously people can fly. They did uh, Gears of War Judgment and Bulletstorm, so a lot of that blended into that gameplay, no problem. Um can we talk about the creature design and how freaking cool it is in that game? I've we've only ran into like three different creature types so far, and they all look sick. Yeah, they all and, look sick. And the Funny environment. Enough, what you guys have told me of where you guys are at, the game gets so much better from where you, than yeah. where you're at oh, right now. Let's like, go. Yeah. Let's I'm go. excited. The different, the different biomes you guys go to, yeah. the different uh, like character design. Um, there are some parts where it might feel like you're running to the same things over and over, or just like a. Uh, a, a fresh coat of paint over top of the same kind of a enemy, but sure. Again, I think that the, the, the character design was really well done. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. Um, my criticism so far in the game. And again, we're not that far at all, but uh, some of the dialogue is cringe and it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, like, I, I know I mentioned this when we were uh, when we were talking about it earlier this week, but it's like the the dialogue is cringe. And there's a lot of story beats that feel like, God damn it. Why are you saying it like this? But I, but but then the gameplay is just so remarkable. It's fantastic. I don't give a shit anymore. I don't give a shit about the dialogue. Mm-hmm. The dialogue just gives me a moment to like text my my partner and like take a sip of my drink. You know, like it like mm-hmm. I'm just not even worried about the dialogue because the story in this I don't think is like the main course, you know? The the mm-hmm. plots sure so far Ooh. Uh, oh, at the risk of like ruining I, the plot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, oh, well, like just trying to remember. So you're at your, your, you got so the we, truck. So we just finished the first city. Mm-hmm. The, oh, like, it, the story beat the becomes one of the best parts of the game. Does yeah? it? Okay. okay. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. All right. All right. I don't want to ruin anything for anyone, but yeah. what I want to, okay. like, you, I read a couple of reviews about the game that like talked about how it could, the game is really good. The, er, the early part, especially in the first city, uh, it feels like really kind of like antiquated uh, f- shooter tropes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you have some like kind of cringy dialogue. 
But then you take these characters that you kind of like kind of don't care about. They're kind of just feel like they're placeholder. Well, then they flesh them out really well throughout the course of the game. They introduce these things that you're like, I didn't see that coming. By the end, you don't actually know what the story like. You're not I can tell you right now, you're you can't guess right now how the story is going to turn out, like what the whole purpose of everything is. Mm-hmm. Like you'll find out and it gets it starts getting really interesting and they start touching on some really they actually touched on some heavy topics by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some people that complained and said the ending was, was like kind of weird. And I, having played the ending, I, I kind of see where it comes from, but it's a Square Enix game. Like they, they tend to have nonsensical or yeah. like endings that just kind of are, don't follow what you expect or what you would want for like the end of a hero right, show or right, something like that. Right. I have but a question. The, the story gets great. Is the ending emotional? Like their other uh, games that they do at all? Um, not, a, a kind of a little kind bit of, there's, yeah. a, there's an emotional beat that hits before the ending for sure mm-hmm. there's like two or three there's two or three really emotional parts that made me go ooh. and it wasn't the end of the game um the end of the game kind of has like a triumph story to it for sure there's definitely kind of a there's definitely a triumph to the end of the game uh and the end of the exact the very end of the game kind of sets up the expeditions um gameplay that the end game of the game basically okay. so I'm honestly trying as my best not to give stuff away. No, yeah, no, for sure. We appreciate it. I played I played I played Thursday on release for about eight hours. I played Friday for about an hour before the the I, I started getting hit with the really bad server connection issues. Yeah. I didn't play it for the weekend because I let I was just waiting for it to kind of for them to get this server stabilized. And then mm-hmm. Monday, I think I turned it on. Uh, I played it for like five or six hours, and then Tuesday I turned it on at nine a.m. and I got off at two a.m. the next morning when I finished the game. <laughs> Hell yeah, you did, baby! Hell yeah, you did! <laughs> I grinded that game hard. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, so Devin, you, uh, how are you feeling? Like in in summary here. In summary, I'm again. We've only played such a small part of it so far. Um, I I love the gameplay, love the creature design, love the environments, love the detail. Um, I'm playing it on my Series X right now, and it to me it feels like that that first next gen game I actually got my hands on and I'm playing. Like, um, I the physics are pretty good. Um, my only dispute on the cover system is sometimes it gets a little spotty when you're trying to it switch does, from a spot to spot. That, that like sticky the sticky cover. Yeah, yeah. What like, are you guys at too right now? Six, I think six or seven <laughs> yeah, seven, yeah yeah six or seven one yeah. of those two yeah um, yeah i i got to a point like i'm at i think i'm at 12 right now mm-hmm. uh, i got to a point where even if you were going from cover to cover you would get take three like the ai does not miss and they hit hard so uh, i got yeah. to a point where like even if i was switching cover like i'm playing trickster and there were certain points that i had to snipe and I don't get if you guys know how Outriders works, you get health based yeah. off of your class in certain right, ways. Right, right. I'm supposed to be up close in personal getting kills, and I couldn't do that because if I did that, I would get melted immediately. So Ooh. their their world tier oh, system oh, oh. was what is very interesting. And I love mm-hmm. oh, there's so many good things I can talk about this game. Oh, I'm so upset. Yeah, if we're just gonna have to play, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have to play yeah, it more to play. tonight. You know, yeah. the yeah. one thing I, I want to talk about more than anything, though, like, and this is, has like nothing to do with the actual gameplay is I what won me over the most about this game was the team behind it. Like we talk about how people can play did an incredible job. There's like fun in the game. There's actually like some fun cult throwbacks to like bullet storms and other things. You'll have to find them. They're Easter eggs. But mm. 
the marketing team, the dev team, and their the way that they have done everything they can to keep players informed of what was going on. Like even like I can't imagine what it was like being one of those um, devs or one of the especially one of the content market or the uh, the marketing team trying to like the uh, community managers, etc. What they had to deal with with all these pissed off. I was part of. I had to mute the Discord channel because literally it was just everyone and their mama just berating the devs and oh, markers God, also man. if you do that fuck you like sorry yeah, excuse my language up. but fuck you if you do that like yeah, get yeah. over it but, we need the gaming they, space to be more positive and <laughs> it's filled with so many like negative people who if if they're not getting exactly what they want it's the developer's fault it's the publisher's fault and we need to get rid yeah. of that. that that's just a terrible mindset it's, to have in the first place it's terrible, but what like like I say, what won me over was the transparency that they had, mm-hmm. how quickly they were moving on things, how often they were updating us, even when the update was we're sorry it's not working, we're still working on it. Like I every two hours they would have some kind of update talking about like this is what we found, we're working on this, we're working on this. Mm-hmm. They had a subreddit that they were continually watching of like bug updates and like, here's what we're fixing. They had a site dedicated to just like what's up and operational. And then when, when things were down, like what was it? Um, their team was showcased time and time again. They're dedicated to their game, to their, their community and to their gamers. And I think the people that stuck around and um, gave them a shot are reaping the benefits of it. Like they are already pushing out their first patch to make things balanced and make things still feel good. They're still working. I know that their cross play has been turned off for a little while, but it's now turned the PS five, the PS five patch to fix cross play with PC and PS four was just pushed. I think Xbox is, is getting pushed right now or sometime mm-hmm. today. Um, I just, I have been blown away by how well I'm in love with a game where we don't hear a lot from the developers sometimes. And there are some parts that are really broken, and so to have a dev team that was so transparent and so upfront, they're actually like in their next patch, they're, they're, they're giving everyone a free legendary, a bunch of titanium and some stuff and a, and a new emote just to say, we're sorry for all the problems that we've had. You know, here's, here's some free stuff in our game. Like, thank you for sticking with us like that. That just goes, we talked earlier about Sony and going above and beyond and being there for gamers and community and culture that was what sold me on this whole this whole experience yeah i i I definitely agree to sorry sorry devin i'll I'll, I'll, uh, pass it off to you here in a second i definitely agree that uh that's probably my favorite part about this too because the developers um could you imagine being the like the the social media manager for that team like in the past like week Oh, oh. <laughs> there was there was there was actually was a community manager uh nell star who's fantastic guy he's actually the one i kind of worked with uh, on my code and then giving it away and stuff like that um there was a post he made that went viral he's like i'm literally crying you, you everyone's stop getting in my dms and berating me you think i'm a hey i'm a marketing guy i'm not a dev i'm not the one making the game i'm just trying to tell you what's going on right and it just sparked this debate of like stop treating devs and community managers terribly because things just don't work the first time like that they don't deserve that type of harassment mm-hmm. and and you have to understand like commu- again yeah community managers are marketing people they're not fu- then they're people like who, yeah would you fucking say that to their face no like, how the no, fuck no they wouldn't you would no, never would. say this shit in person but you think you have this like this protection of being on twitter or just berating someone over discord like fuck every one of those kids who are yeah. all like oh I'm, i want my refund this game's not ready on day one launch shut up like god like right, yeah right. some grace well, like, they launched this game for more people than they expect like probably way more people they launched it on ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series x steam 
Like they launched it on all these places at once. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying. Yeah. They're just and trying. hundreds of thousands of people trying to log in all at the same and time. You don't yep. think that they want their game to work? Like you think that they're just like, no, they're fucking terrified. They're probably yeah. they're probably pissed that this doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, video games is is a nature of love. It's it's artwork from creators like people are very passionate about this. And for those developers and those creators to be berated with such toxic uh, mannerisms and just the things that they say, the threats, it's it's just kind of disgusting. And we we really need to work as a community to make sure like if you know somebody who's like that, like, you know, talk to them like. Call that People shit out. To learn. Yeah, yeah. I'll call it out. Dude, don't be a fucking ass. If your friend, yeah. if your friend said the N word, would you just let it slide? No, 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 no. you fucking don't punch be him in the face. Right. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that shit's not. It's just not okay. And lead like, by example, you know. Yeah. Also, like, try to develop a game yourself, you jackass. And yeah, I know like how easy it Making is. Games fucking. is hard. Probably the thing out there. Making games is incredibly hard, and you know. People need to appreciate the transparency that people uh, can fly in Square Enix is having over this. Hey, I mean, hey, like uh, CD Projekt Red, like I bought <laughs> Cyberpunk like the week <laughs> it came out. There is still not a next gen patch that was supposed to come out. What, January, February is when it was supposed to come out originally. And like. They're and, working on different games. Yeah, they're yeah, working on Yeah, they're games. working on Witcher 4 fucking apparently. <laughs> what the hell is that? You know, like we need to we need to appreciate these developers that are, you know, leading by a very good example. They're, you know, they they have communication with their communities. Um they put out great games for one. Um they're fixing all the issues. They're updating their patch notes constantly. And not everybody does that. And we people just need to show more respect and also be a little patient. You know, like things take time to work really well. When was the last time you guys played a game that on day one functioned perfectly? Back when they were discs and they didn't need DLC updating. Right. PS2. Exactly. (laughs) I've I've not played a game so long that I've gotten it the first night, started up the first night and it was clean, clean. Mm-hmm. Period. Even God of War had yeah. like was almost there, was almost perfect the first time I played. And then there was just a few glitches. That and that's fine. And that's not even a server-based game. Yeah, you know, and- like this this is like a, a lot of these fucking nerds, these fucking nerds that go <laughs> in here, nerds. these fucking nerds with their nerds. fucking nerd hair come in here and start treating developers like shit because they didn't get their their multiplayer game to function completely the way they wanted to. So they can't play with their fucking friends tonight. Fuck these nerds, man. Yeah. These- <laughs> All those user profiles that are behind a uh, SpongeBob meme for their profile picture. too. Uh. <laughs> I, I I I feel bad saying this because I have a lot of friends that actually do this, but I, I see a lot of people say like if their if their profile picture is an anime character, like you don't trust it. Like yeah, don't, don't trust <laughs> it. it's a crap. I love it. Anime. I love, it. I love yeah. anime. I yeah. Like you, if you can hide yeah. behind a, uh, an avatar or the fucking one follower accounts with the gray profile picture, because you yep. know they just made another account to just yep. berate people on yep. burner accounts. That shit's dangerous, man. Like the, <sighs> the the anime ones are like a fifty fifty. Because I have a couple homeboys that use they use anime. I have a pictures. lot of homeboys. That yeah, do a, lot, a lot of them. Yeah. It's, but it's like a fifty fifty thing because you know 
Half of them are just doing it because they love anime. The other half are doing it because they don't want people to to see how much of a fucking nerd they are. You know what I mean? Nerd. You know what I, what I mean? <laughs> no, nerd. Nerd. Um, it's it's uh god man it fucking sucks but you're but you're right like uh people can fly handled this extremely well and i remember tweeting out um, a tweet that like uh i think i think was the the first night or the second night of of release and i was just like the these guys are killing it they're killing it with this transparency like they like they they were working so hard to even give people workarounds for the things that they wanted to do, regardless of some of the malfunctions that they were having. Who the they fuck were does that? On Easter, they, I saw a community manager that literally there was a post that said, "I just watched my community manager get off or go offline finally at two a.m. on Easter." Mm-hmm. Like these guys were working through the weekend. They were probably in panic rooms like for thirty six hours straight, just downing coffee, Red Bull, and like trying to get things working. Like you have to just. Put yourself in their perspective and understand that like the devs are not out. It is not a devs against players uh, fight. This is this. We are all working to have an, a good experience on these games that they put five years into v- developing. Of course, they want it to work. They are trying. You've got to give them grace. Yeah. 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 Big time agree. Yep. And, you know, as, as an artist myself, like with music, when it it's v- vastly different than creating video games, but we create these things to be passionate and to share what we love with other people. And people need to take that into account more so um, and just show a little bit more respect, you know, and enjoy the thing that somebody else created for you to enjoy. You know, that's the whole point of it. They're making these games for us and also for themselves, of course. And it's, it's just so gross the way that people have been, berating them and uh we saw it a lot with cd project red we we've seen it with uh bungie when d2 launched that happened uh we saw it with anthem i mean the list can go on <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean I'm, I'm open you know someday it'll they'll they'll lighten the fuck up a little bit and people kind of start to come around to understanding because just like you said like as an artist it's like if I painted a picture for somebody and they're like, this isn't what I fucking wanted. And I'm like, you didn't tell me what you fucking wanted. Get out of here. Like, this is what I fucking gave you. Get the fuck out of here. Um, it's, it's, it sucks, but you know what? Like people can fly, have handled it surprisingly well. They've been handling it in stride. They've been taking on the chin and just moving forward, doing what they need to do to get, to make this the best product that they possibly can. And honestly, they're nailing it. They fucking nailed Mm -hmm. it. The game isn't some like 10 out of 10. And it doesn't need to be, you know, it doesn't need to be because of my like, I think this game is just fun enough, just good enough for me to be like, yeah, this is exactly what I needed right now in the spring mm. of of pandemic year part two. And <laughs> <laughs> because, like, uh, like I, I was I'm super excited about the game just in general. It's it's a fun game. And mm. I, I'm even going to go as far to say that, you know, everyone needs to buy this fucking game, if not just to like you know, play the game and have fun with it, but to support this development team that have been working yeah. their ass off for this game, man. Like that, like let's be real here. Like people can fly are not a huge development company. Like they're they they weren't some huge triple A development company. They they, but they're giving us something that lands sort of just below that mark, and yeah. and they're going into that. And I feel like like what better way to try to like get them into a position to give us more. Then buy this fucking game. Buy this game, I, y'all. 
I would argue that it is at that mark personally. I, I, I feel like AAA, yeah. yeah, I I yeah. feel I feel like it's up there. Um, again, I've I'm not that far into the game yet, but I I love it. You know, um, I think I, I was gonna say I think or now if you get farther into the game, your 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 mind yeah. is gonna change yeah, on yeah. your rating because I have it at a nine nine and a half out of ten. Ooh. At least. and Ooh, okay. with, with especially with the transparency, the patch that they've already that they're already gonna be putting in, like the the con the 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 comments that they've made towards the future of this game and what they're planning on doing like mm-hmm. even if they never added a, P- a pvp mode i'm actually kind of happy about that like they there's enough pvp mode yeah. games out there like mm-hmm. if they continue adding good story beats they continue fleshing out this world that they've created um mm-hmm. i'll be more than happy to continue exploring it yeah. i i want to see some like in-depth raids you know i want to get that feeling that I had from destiny when I first got into it and did all the end game content. Um, but, uh, for my review so far, I I'd, I'd give it ongoing about around an eight or a nine personally. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably land at an, at like an eight as well myself. I think I, mm-hmm. so far, so far I'm giving, I'm giving yeah. it an eight because I mean, with, even with Island just telling us here, like you guys haven't seen shit yet. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's my, my, my thing is like, I always sort of, um, I sort I sort of like give my, my overall em- emotional investment into a game just based consistently on, on how often I'm thinking about the game. Like that's where I like find out that I like love the game, like so much so damn much is when i can't stop thinking about it when i'm at work and i just want to go home and play that game or when i'm laying in bed at night and i'm like it's three in the morning i want to play the game but i shouldn't when i'm like grocery shopping and i'm like thinking about taking cover behind a show Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um like that that's that's what it was for me with with the most recent god of war with with um uh, with the last of us part two like the like these are some big games that are like w- wasn't able to stop thinking about you know and so it's like and those games for me have a, a various number of like different like you know scaled ratings that i would give them but it's like th- this game is just so much fun that i haven't been able to stop thinking about it i haven't and even though i've I've only played the equivalent of what maybe five six hours of this fucking game i have not been able to stop thinking about it it's just it's just i everywhere i go i'm like i want i want to go in there just turn people into fucking ash i just want to shoot shoot monsters in the face man like that's that's all i want and so that's that's why i've been so stoked to to you know dive into it as much as i can every moment that i can um i island actually quick question for you on on the end of uh when it comes to this game, how, where do you land on potential? Cause I know, so people can fly. I have technically mentioned they, they've been very adamant on saying this is not a games as service. Where mm-hmm. do you land on the potential for them to, to push like end game content and DLC work and stuff later on? Um, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. I think, I don't think this is, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I love, I do love that they had marketed this as a, this isn't a paywall game where you have to pay to get like, you're going to get the entirety of the content. You could play the whole thing by yourself if you wanted to. And I did, I played the whole story mode without another, without another person, uh, without a coast, uh, uh, like a, another person playing with me. I played the whole thing by myself. Um, you know, and there's definitely pros there. Uh, there's, there's, it's definitely a lot of fun with people. I think that they love that they have that ability to co- to like, uh, jump in and, and play co-op. Um, 
and I'm excited. Like I don't, I don't hate the idea of of paying to have more content or more game of this because it's a four. Like it was not a small amount of campaign. Like it was a like twenty five to thirty hour campaign. Like if you okay. really grinded through it, if you played side quests and stuff like that, and I did, like I I did. So anything more than this, like I can see, like yeah, it's a sixty dollar game, but like you know how many free games have come out that have like I've spent thousands of dollars on cosmetics and shit. Right. I'd right, much rather right. pay twenty dollars <laughs> for another 10, 15 hour story or whatever, and that it continues on lore. Um, I, I don't know. I still I see it as a positive, not a negative, especially because like we're not create I'm not paying for PvP or anything like that, or paying to have pay to win guns. To be fair, like they literally said, I think I actually thought this was kind of cool, is that they said they weren't gonna ban cheaters or anything like that because because it's not PvP, like sure, if you want to hack legendary guns into your game, you're only hurting your own experience. You can right. do that if you want, and that's right. Kind of honestly, kind of like a refreshing, like the dev team, at least they understand, like you're not hurting yourself. And honestly, you play with other people, not against them. So if you want to hack it in and then you play with these other people, um, what I've heard is that they also, what they're going to do is instead of like deleting those accounts, whatever, they're going to make it so you can, they're going to like flag those accounts. And if you cheat, you'll only be able to like, co-op with other people who cheat i think <laughs> that's yeah. that's that is a big dick Someone move that's so smart like, yeah feel free to cheat you're you're gonna play with other people that alter their game so that way you don't impact those who want to play like an authentic game experience but like mm-hmm. that's really cool of them to allow like hey if your prerogative is to like be super high level just for the shits and giggles of it feel free go ahead like you're not gonna ruin our game yeah. so yeah. Right, I, cool. I think it's a good thing i think it's a good thing I'm I'm excited to see it because as as Devin said earlier, like raids in games like this are like one of my favorite things ever. Just like getting together with 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 the boys and the family in the game and just yeah. being like, all right, we're gonna take on this thing that we've been preparing for eighty hours to to take on, and 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 they're always just wonderful experiences for me in any game that's ever had a raid that I've played. I'm super stoked to see some of the content in that too. And I'm not, yeah. you know, like I said, we're not even that far into the game. I'm excited to just see like what they could do, especially considering that I've heard that there's like, like there's like one boss fight. That's actually like really, really cool somewhere in the game that there's they'd... a couple of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There, yeah. There's a couple of them. There's one that's kind of like, eh, that's fine. Um, But then there's, like yeah uh, you're you guys have like you're coming up on one of the coolest ones i think if i know where you guys are at right now okay is it the lava so, spider i've heard about yeah that yeah. Thing's, yeah it's annoying but at the same time it's like a very cool like concept also fuck spiders and like you know, <laughs> spider on fire fuck you like, oh <laughs> man <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> A little, a little uh, ractophobia there. Oh, God, I just... Dude, okay, do any of us actually like fucking spiders? Who likes or... spiders, you fucking weirdos? You know, I see spiders don't, every day with my day job. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you try day. to tell us some weird bullshit like, oh, I, I love, love spiders. spiders. I collect them in a little jar and I keep them By the way, here's my tarantula on my face. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I actually <laughs> am a spider and you just have like spider legs come out from behind you. No. Like, oh my God, I there was like... Look- the- there was like a vine. Do you got vine? So go back in days. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, was a yeah. vine of this girl who like opened her mouth and her pet spider crawled out of Hell it. Hell no. Hell no. It's just, Hell no. Like, just so comfortable <laughs> with spiders, whatever. She had a pet spider. And I was like, 
it was it gave me nightmares like uh if you like spiders i don't know if i can trust you like you're probably <laughs> yeah. caring, but like, i don't trust you they're necessary for the ecosystem cool yeah well they can How take the people? ecosystem outside of my house you know what i mean like they don't pay rent here <laughs> like they don't they don't pay me to live in my room you know what i mean they can take it outside they can go be part of the ecosystem out in my backyard that's fun i just don't need them in here <laughs> Oh, I'm just these fuckers yeah. watching me while I sleep. You know what Ugh. I mean? I'm just trying to get some rest. I'm just trying to catch some Z's, and they're up there. That whole, that whole fucking like uh, the what is it? The stat that you eat three spiders a year or something like that while you sleep. I heard it was eight. I heard it was like twelve. <laughs> I heard you guys could go to hell. Is what yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't want anything to do with that shit. I don't want anything to do with that shit. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Like I, like I can feel like my my chest starting to like get like. You feel that spider inside of you? Yeah, like, right. Oh, like, oh, did I eat one already. Oh god, no! This is coming on my belly button. You know, just like <laughs> oh, just like oh, every every horror movie we've ever thought about, just replace the villain with the spider. That's exactly how I feel every single time. You want to? I actually do have a spider horror story for you, real life story. Well, we'll so. talk about that off camera, off stream here. We can get into that later because this has been the Good Kraken Show. Each and every week on Tuesdays and Saturdays, you can catch us at 7 p.m. and 1 p.m. respectively to, to have us talk about all the wonderful nerdy shit that you guys love to to hear about. So again, thank you guys for coming in and hanging out with us to talk about this a little bit. Um, Island, thank you, dude, for joining us. It's always awesome having you on, man. It seriously is. Always. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> and 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 we're definitely going to be having you back. I know we're still talking about that show uh, coming in May uh, for us to talk a little, little bit about that island life some more. You know, it's going to be a fun yeah. time. And uh, and let's play some fucking Outriders. You know, what I mean, I know uh, I know you it. got some stuff you got to do for a little bit. We'll we'll keep in touch. So um, everyone at home, go buy Outriders, please. Uh, <laughs> check out the information to bio. Hit our links. Subscribe. Subscribe to Island. Give out as much love as you possibly can. It's been awesome to have you guys. And until next time, go to fucking Enoch. Buy that damn game. <laughs> <laughs> go to Enoch, motherfucker. Go, go to fucking Enoch. Bye. <laughs>